Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Welcome to Elijah Streams. It is Thursday, August 18. It's going to be a fast and furious show today. We have a super special guest with Eric Trump. A quick reminder that uh, tomorrow we have uh, once in a while, we have a secret guest that we have to say it that way. So listen to me carefully. We have a very special guest tomorrow. Do not miss it. I, I don't want to say the name for security reasons, but uh, don't miss that. So we have no other announcements. So without further delay, let's watch Pat, uh, Prophets and Patriots. Here we go. Well, greetings, Clay Clark and Eric Trump. Eric, so, so, so good to have you on. Uh, we've been looking forward to this for a long time. So uh, welcome. Thanks, Steve. It's an honor to be on. I just want to say, I've got a clip I'm going to play for a second in just a minute, but I want to tell you that our viewers, and in a 90-day in a period, we have 1.2 million different people that watch this. Our viewers love President Trump. Uh, as he calls it, our favorite president. He totally is our, our favorite president. We want him back sooner than later, just so you know. <laughs> but anyway, it's, I, I, know you, I know you love your father very much. I watched many of your episodes where you talk about that. Um, hey, let me just, before we play this clip, tell people this, what, what it was that your dad... Donald J. Trump said every every morning before you went to school, you starting at age four. What did he tell you to to not do? Yeah. Well, Steve, it was actually probably before age four. Uh, every day, I'd go into his you know his room. Um, you know, very early before I went off to school, always give him a you know kiss goodbye. Probably had my uh, you know little lunch pail next to me. Had some kind of sandwich in there, and my little backpack that was full of you know nothing at that time. I was so young. <laughs> And he'd always look at me and he'd always, he'd always look me in the eyes, say, Eric, remember one thing, no drinking, no drugs, and no smoking, no drinking, no drugs, no smoking. Now, I didn't know what the drinking was at the time. I didn't know what <laughs> smoking was. I didn't know what drugs were, right? It's like, I was a young, young little kid, but he beat that into us every single day before we even truly knew what the, the ramifications of those things were. And I mean, you know, fast forward to today, um, we are um, very honest, very clean. Uh, no substances, uh, live very, very, very clean lives. And, wow. um, you know, and, and honestly, and I, I, I hate to kind of, you know, uh, belabor this point, but now you kind of see a world that's, um, that's crawling with drugs, um, that's ca crawling with substance abuse problem. I mean, you, you see, you know, uh, the fentanyl crisis that we have, you know, that's killed, you know, 110,000 people, um, in a very short period of time and, and, and really destroying communities and, uh, he was way ahead of it for uh, for all of us, for his kids. It was just something he was adamant about: no drinking, no drugs, no smoking. Wow! And, um, wow! What 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 an amazing dad! I had a dad that was the opposite of that. Now we didn't do drinking and drugs either, but you know, I didn't. I can't say I had a wonderful, wonderful dad. So you know, I'm envious in a good way. So yeah. anyway, well, listen, I want to play this clip. Now this will shock people, but you have. See, this will be at least the third time you've seen this clip, so so it will be familiar to you uh, by Kim Clement. Kim Clement was a dear, dear friend of mine. I was at his home in in Texas and also his home in uh, California. I, I have to laugh. I've never said this publicly, but he's the only male 
who's ever blown me a kiss. <laughs> I went to his site. I went to TBN when he was doing a show uh, years and years ago, and he saw me enter the room, and he just did that. And I thought, well, that's never happened before. But that's the kind of uh, love we had for one, one another. So uh, I love him dearly. I miss him um, greatly. So uh, without further uh, delay, let's go ahead and play that clip, Emily. Here we go. Trump shall become a trumpet, says the Lord. No, you didn't hear me. Trump shall become a trumpet. Are you listening to me? I will raise up the Trump to become a trumpet. There is a man by the name of Mr. Clark, and there is also another man by the name of Donald. You are both watching me saying, could it be that God's speaking to me? Yes, he is. Somebody, just a few minutes before you came on the show, you went out and you took the American flag and you said, I'm proud of my nation. And you raised it up and God said, you have been determined through your prayers to influence this nation. You're watching me. You're an influential person. The Spirit of God says, hear the word of the prophet to you as a king. I will open that door that you prayed about. And when it comes time for the election, you will be elected. There will be a praying president, not a religious one. But I will fool the people, says the Lord. I will fool the people. Yes, I will. God says, the one that is chosen shall go in and they shall say, he has hot blood. But the Spirit of God says, yes, he may have hot blood, but he will bring the walls of protection on this country in a greater way. And the economy of this country shall change rapidly, says the Lord of hosts. Listen to the word of the Lord. God says, I will put at your helm for two terms a president that will pray but he will not be a praying president when he starts i will put him in office and then i will baptize him with the holy spirit and my power says the lord of hosts amazing i love that i've seen that i've probably seen that 30 times uh eric talk about that clip um talk about what that means to you uh i don't know if president trump has seen that but talk to me about, uh, talk to us about what, what that uh, clip means to you. Well, Steve, I was speaking at a uh, one of Clay's reawakening events, and right before me, uh, he put on this amazing person uh, named Danae, which is um, his daughter. And yes. she's an amazing, amazing person. And uh, I, I think he did this to almost take me off guard a little bit, but he goes, you need to come out and just listen to a little bit of this and watch it. And my jaw hit the ground. And, you know, what you played there was just a very small microcosm of, of what he said, but... Um, first of all, uh, he comes out and names him by name. There's going to be a na man named Donald. And this is in 2007. I mean, think about that. Uh, then he goes on. My favorite part of this whole thing, I literally start laughing out loud. The man will love the color gold. And I, I'm, I'm literally sitting in Trump Tower right now where the whole building is literally <laughs> gold. We've got skyscrapers all over the place that are gold, which are not normally the color for a skyscraper, right? He will love the color gold. He, you know, he, the, one of the clips you just showed. He will have hot blood, but, you know, he will restore America and religion and prosperity to this nation. Um, he certainly has uh, hot blood. He's certainly a guy who's a fighter. He's needed to be a fighter. And um, I, I think, you know, I say that in a very good way. Um, and I, I think it's one of his most positive um, attributes. Um, even that the first part of that clip, you said, you know, he will raise up the flag. I mean, 
we, we've lived in a time where people run away from the American flag. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, people were burning the American flag. If, if you love the American flag, you were almost, it almost became faux pas. You had a, the American flag on your home. Um, you might be criticized by the far left for doing so. I mean, people mm. were trying to get rid of the signal uh, and the image of what the American flag stood for, what red, white, and blue stood for. Uh, they were trying to get rid of the Pledge of Allegiance in, in schools. They were trying to get rid of the national anthem um, at our football and baseball games. There, there was an all-out assault uh, on America and American values and what red, white, and blue stands for. And he's saying there, you know, he will, he will pick up the flag of America um, and restore that great patriotism to the you know, United States. I mean, that's exactly what my father did. Um, and by the way, so many other things that he said that weren't in those clips, you wouldn't have enough time to play them all. But right. he nailed who my father was. I mean, he um, he got it. And uh, he did this in 2007, in 2009, in 2013. I mean, there's clips from all of these years. It was, you know, this isn't just somebody kind of making up some, you know, right. random. Yes, there will be a great man who will come into the land. No, no, no. I mean, he's calling him by name, picking out his favorite colors and I mean, he actually spoke and, and Plain knows this as well as anyone about building a wall, fortifying this nation, keeping our enemies out of this nation. I mean, who else before Donald Trump had ever talked about building a wall on the southern border? No one. I mean, he was so far ahead of his time. I wish I wish I had the opportunity to have met him in person. He died about mm-hmm. two weeks after my father um, you know, became president of the United States, kind of took the mantle. And um, his daughter always says that that would have been his um, everlasting wish. He he lived. He he survived for that moment, and uh, you know that was kind That's of his amazing. his sign to go. What would be your? Uh, how would you describe your dad's um, take on how much he feels this is God's intention for him to be the president? How, how much does he grasp that this is God's doing? that he's the president or he, he was, I still, th- personally, I think he still is, but, yeah. but what, what are his thoughts about that? That makes two of us. Um, here, here's what I'll tell you. Um, you know, this didn't happen on its own. Um, I tell the story once in a while. I think I said it to, to play a week ago when we were together at, at one of his great events, but uh, Hillary Clinton outraised us by almost five X. Uh, she raised 1.5 billion, including her super PACs and everything else. My father, put in largely $300 million, raised a little bit of money, but you know, he effectively raised $300 million. We didn't know a single thing about politics. I mean, we knew nothing about politics, right? We're really good at building buildings and running hotels and building golf courses and everything else. And we had to go against the Clinton dynasty. And you know, a person who knew something about politics, who had been wired into the system, had had the whole thing rigged and baked and everything else that they did, and who had outraised us by by five times, 1.5 billion compared to 300 million. Wow! And as people who knew nothing about the system, we were able to win. And believe me, that did not happen without somebody guiding that process, without somebody looking down, without having somebody's hand on their shoulder and, and making that happen. I mean, the odds were just too great. I mean, New York Times, the morning, election morning, I'll never forget this, November 8th, uh, the New York Times said that Donald Trump has a 1.9% chance of winning you know, the presidency and he blew it out of the water and um, everybody remembers that great day. Oh yeah. Uh, but, but I mean, you want to talk about an, you know, kind of unsurmountable mountain um, against all odds. Uh, somebody was guiding him, someone who was guiding our family. And, 
Um, I truly believe there's no one in the world that's taken more arrows than our family. Every single day we take so arrows, true. they come after us viciously in, in ways that, you know, um, the average person probably sees 1% of it, right? They see the Russia hoaxes and all this stuff and, you know, the Mar-a-Lago raids and things like that. 1% of the way they come after us and they try and take us down. They want to throw us all in jail. They, you know, they come after our family viciously every single day. Um, and there are times where it does feel like somebody's protecting us and, you know, they're so orchestrating things behind the scenes. And so um, I've certainly felt that presence in a very large way. Um, I've felt religion come back into this country. Uh, my father went into the White House and they refused to say Merry Christmas. Um, yeah. you know, they called Christmas tree, you know, uh, you know, the holiday bush, the holiday tree. <laughs> and, um, you know, he, I think he's done more for religious freedom um around the world i mean look what he did in israel look what he's done uh, for religious liberty in this country um churches were under all-out assault and um my father pushed back uh, vehemently and i'm not sure if there's ever been somebody who's done more to protect um religious freedom in this nation than donald trump i really uh, truly mean that and um he often doesn't get credited with it uh, but what that man did steve for um organized religion and faith and family in this country um, is unlike that of any president. Um, so true. You know, even, even ones that more openly, um, you know, kind of wore the Bible. Um, you know, he compartmentalized and he he did what was so important to to so many of us. So good. I, I remember when he came down that escalator. Now, Doreen, my wife, and I always had an agreement that we would we would agree on who the candidate was so that we didn't cancel each other out. Well, when I saw him come down that escalator and I heard his speech, she wasn't here at the time. She was off shopping or something. I don't know where she was, but she didn't hear it. And when she came back and I said, I released you from any potential agreement. Uh, I'm gonna vote for this man. I'm gonna vote Trump. for Donald Trump. And well, of course she ended up voting for him as well. And she and I are on the same page, but I felt so strongly I, I didn't care who said what. I was voting for Donald J. Trump. Uh, so often the opposite. So oftentimes it, it was it was the wife. It was like I'm all in for this guy. I love this guy. This guy is 100 percent me, and kind of dragged the husband along. And uh, you know, it's 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 very funny. But I hear good. that all the time. It was like, yo, my wife was in day one. I mean, he went. He was on that escalator before he even opened his mouth. We were <laughs> we were all in for Trump. So that was awesome. Clay, what are your thoughts? Well, I just wanted to share a few things that I, objectively that caught my eye uh, as it relates to the Trump family. You think about this. Um, during the peak of the riots, President Trump went out and he held the Bible up yeah. in front of the St. John's Church. He didn't hide in the White House. I'm sure this went against the advice of the Secret Service, and Eric can comment on that. The second thing is you put uh, President Trump put three Supreme Court justices in uh, position where they could yes, overturn Roe versus Wade. Now, there's a lot of people, George Bush, George Bush number two, who talked about these things, but they never did anything. President Trump took action. President Trump lowered taxes. I mean, I'm a business guy, so I go, wow, there's, there's more money here. He lowered the unemployment rate. He did all these wonderful things. But I, a lot of Christians, this is one of my, not a frustration, it's more of just a prayer request I have for the Elijah List listeners out there. And that's why I wanted to have Eric on this program. Yeah. Is If you read your Bible, okay, if you read the New Testament, uh, Saul used to feed Christians to lions. That's what mm -hmm. he did. That, that's what he did before he God revealed himself and he became Paul. And then he wrote 13 books of the Bible, and some say 14. 
Okay, so imagine that I introduced a guy like that at the Reawaken America Tour. I say, ladies and gentlemen, our next speaker used to feed thousands of you to lions, but now he saw the light and he's written 13 uh, books of the Bible. So let's hear it for him. I think people would clap like, shouldn't he be in jail? So then you have a guy like President Trump, who's what I would call self-deprecating, who owns his mistakes and he lives in the limelight. So let's just pretend that my life was on camera for the last 24 hours. Let's just say it was. And you watch my life and you go, wow, you did a great job picking up your son from this. I I took my son to Target to get him a belt. And someone says, I can't believe you would take your kid to Target. You're supposed to be opposing the deep state. I couldn't find another belt store, you know, that I took my picked up my daughter from a cheer class. And someone says, you might have driven too fast. I, I had a very aggressive business meeting. Somebody says, I don't like your tone. I mean, imagine your life was under a microscope. My life was under a microscope. So all I can say is President Trump is the most self deprecating. Yeah. and self-aware president I've ever seen. Yeah. Two, he actually took action. Three is there's been multiple times I've seen at rallies where people have tried to say he's more famous than Jesus or more famous than God. I've seen it twice, and President Trump was very clear saying, no, 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 I'm not more famous than Jesus. And I could just say he has done more for the church and our religious freedom yeah. and praise yeah, and worship Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior than almost anybody And when Eric came to the Reawaken America Tour in New York, Amanda Grace, the prophet who's been on your show, she pulls me aside and she says, can I pray for Eric? And I said, yeah, I mean, absolutely. (laughs) And I didn't ask Eric. uh, And and I I just said, okay, sure. So I brought up Amanda Grace and people outside start pointing at each other. I didn't know what was going on. Apparently a bald eagle flew right over the tent the moment (laughs) that Amanda began praying and it began circling. And it stayed there the entire time that Amanda was praying. And I thought, that's kind of wild. Well, then I I started talking to some of the church members who attend the Cornerstone Church in Batavia, and they were telling me, we've never seen a bald eagle here. Furthermore, it just showed up right when the prayer started, and it finished. So I can just say that these prophecies, think about the statistical probability that a man named Kim Clement in 2007 would prophesy that a man by the name of Trump would become a Trump, and it happened. So I can just tell you this. If you're out there doubting that God has ordained a path for President Donald J. Trump, uh, that the time for doubting is done. We need to be shouting and being thankful that God gave us President Donald J. Trump. Also, Kim Clement prophesied there would be a time of two presidents where the American people would Mm -hmm. be confused as to who the real president was. When have we ever seen that in history where we weren't sure who the president was? Then he went on to say that President Trump would be filled with the Holy Spirit and then he would come back for a second term. And I believe all of those things are true. But Kim Clement had the boldness to share these things that he never got to see come to pass. And we're seeing it all happen right now. So I can just say, if you're listening right now and you didn't vote, my homework for you is to get out there and vote, not for a perfect man, but, but for a man who's done more for the church than almost any president in American history. I would say he has done more than any president in the history of American history for the church. I would get out there and vote. But not only that, I'm asking you to get out your phone today and call all of your contacts and send them this show. And someone says, well, that would take yes. hours. I don't care if you get carpal tunnel. Take this show <laughs> and share it with your contacts because Eric Trump and President Donald J. Trump and, and America, they need your prayers because we do believe in the yes. power of prayer, Steve. Yes. Yes, so good. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button. Now, back to the show. So good. Hey, do you want to play that? Let's play that clip where, where the eagles... Sure, yeah. Go ahead and play that clip where the eagles are circling. Oh, my God. 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 Oh,
is a bald eagle flying over the reawakened America tour. Father God, in the precious name of your son, Jesus Christ, we come before you. We humble ourselves before you today, Lord. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise due your name. You are far above every power, principality, and might, Father. We acknowledge you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to the earth in the form of a man. That he was the word became flesh, dwelt among us, died at Calvary, and purchased us back to you that day. And a great victory was had. We praise we rose again in three days and sent it back into heaven, and he's ruling and reigning at your right hand forevermore. We honor that before you before we bring our petition this day. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we bring Eric and his wife and his entire family, his father and his wife before you. And Father, we ask in the name of Jesus Christ that you would fill them with all wisdom, counsel, might, power, and the reverential fear of the Lord. That you would order to their, order their steps. Do not allow them to turn to the right or to the left without you guiding them right now, Lord. Father, we petition you this day that for the acts of rebellion that the wicked have done under the influence of the enemy, that they would be paid their wage in full before the end of the year in Jesus' name. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, you would order their steps, dispatch your holy warring angels of all rankings and divisions to surround and protect them, to make a hedge around them, that not one hair on their heads shall be harmed in Jesus' name. Father, we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and call according to His purpose, and that this will ultimately work together for good in your plan, Father God, and they will be redeemed, they will be protected, Father God, and they will be placed in the position you have so ordained in this hour, Father God. We thank you, we praise you, we give you all the glory as this plan unfolds and you reveal yourself to them more this year than you ever have before, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, and wow, and wow. That's amazing. That's just amazing. Hey, Eric, talk about the raid. Everyone wants to know how, how you're doing, how President Trump is doing, and, and, and talk about the things that they stole during this raid. Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, I just need to comment on that, that moment. You know, Clay and I were under a tent, and so we didn't see that, and I just, I can't even begin to talk about how powerful that, that moment was. That's unbelievable now think about just an eagle for a second i'll get into the raid but think about an eagle uh, just circling over a circular tent for you know probably five minutes that this prayer was um, now there's about three thousand cars right below you know below that eagle it's not like it's you know hovering over a cornfield because it's trying to find a mite like a mouse there's i mean play how many how many cars were circling that tent and how many fences and people i'm and not gonna cry right now but when i heard that and i saw that I absolutely wept in my van because wow. I have been, um, I have been praying for your family, um, nonstop. And I just, I know that God is, is with you guys and I wish I could hop in the boat and, and be there with you guys. And I just, when I saw these attacks and I just see the corruption, I just, um, it was a tough week. We had to move to five different venues. There's so many people that sacrificed. And when I saw that happen, I just, I, 
The last time I cried like that is when my dad died of Lou Gehrig's disease. The last time that I cried, when I found out my dad had Lou Gehrig's, that's the last time I cried like that. Wow. And I just you want to talk about a warrior? Clay, Clay's a warrior. Uh, I mean, this he, he doesn't give up, and he fights for what he believes, and he's the most principled guy, one of the most principled guys I've ever met my my entire totally. life. But, totally. but listen, make no mistake. I mean, you know, you, you asked about the raid of Mar-a-Lago. You know, my father never got so much as a speeding ticket um, in his entire life. I say that all the time. Um, we as a family uh, never had any problem. I mean, we're the first ones up. We're up at five o'clock in the morning. Uh, we've got beautiful kids. We say a little prayers to them every single night before they go to bed. I say a prayer with my kids, actually three prayers for my kids. And uh, they say the Pledge of Allegiance and uh, put them to bed. Wow. They say their own little individual prayers. And my two-year-old daughter, I love mommy and I love daddy and I love Ben and Charlie, our dogs, and, and little Lukey, who's her brother. Uh, and then I go to bed. Um, there's no nonsense. There's no games. There's no corruption. We see a lot of that on the other side. Not us. We're a very honest family. We never had a single problem in the world, uh, despite our profile, uh, until my father stepped on that escalator. He stepped on that escalator uh, the about five minutes after Hillary called to concede. Um, the Washington Post wrote a story that this is when impeachment begins. I still have the article. I mean, I look at it all the time. This is when impeachment begins. They, the guy had been in office or he had, you know, effectively won the presidency five minutes before. And the Washington Post is already talking about impeaching him. So they make up these dirty dossiers. They make up these um, awful reports. Um, you know, the FBI, the DOJ, they all start weaponizing this thing. We get dragged through absolute mud for years, for three years on a narrative that was so completely nonsense. Um, you know, um, you'd have the press corps, uh, you know, is he on drugs? Uh, you know, Article mm -hmm. 25 of the Constitution, should he be removed? Should the vice president, should the this, should the that? You know, they, look what they did to Kavanaugh, a great, amazing man. Yes. They tried to destroy his life. And uh, if there was any other president there that was other than Donald Trump, they would have succeeded. Uh, every single day I would get a subpoena, another subpoena, because they couldn't get him through the executive branch. So guess what? They came after me. They came after his family. They came after his business. Document after document, nine million documents we turned over to various investigators. And guess what? Uh, they have nothing. They raided his home. Uh, 30 FBI agents raided his home saying that that was on behalf of the quote unquote National Archives, which is, hmm. you know, a glorified library. Give me a break. You know, you don't have 30 FBI agents breaking into somebody's home over documents for a library of which there's always a standard process of going back and forth. OK, you know, this is a personal document. This is a letter sent to me from my son. This is a newspaper article that I tore out of the Washington Post. This is a letter from a foreign dignitary. You know, I mean, Obama's still going through that process, um, you know, years and years later. Give me a break. So 30 agents raid his home because of that. Guys, every single day they try and take out my father. Look at this sham January 6th committee where you don't have a single Republican um, other than one rhino who got taken out last night. Um, who's our friend from Wyoming, uh, Liz Cheney. Um, every single day they've tried to come after him. They've tried to get him. If, yeah, I could go through scandal after scandal after scandal. They're petrified of Donald Trump. They've never seen a movement before in American political history where you've got thousands of people, including yep. at all plays events, chanting. You know, we love him. We love you. Um, I told yes. this story yesterday, but Laura, Laura and I went out to dinner on Saturday night and we had two tables in the restaurant fighting for who was going to pay for our bill. You know, it was a oh, casual And the message that was coming back from both of them as they were arguing who got to pick up our tab. And I go, guys, no, 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 I don't. I, I want to I <laughs> take that away. Was 
I'm so sorry for what you as family have had to go through. The way they come and the way they try and get you guys yep. is unbelievable. So the guy that prays every single night with his little children, the guy that's up at five o'clock in the morning, no drinking, no drugs, no nonsense, no games, right? They come after me every single day, 450, 470 subpoenas that we've received every single day. But the guy who has laptops with illicit drugs, prostitution, illegal deals, got into business when his father became vice president, you know, all of that gets ignored. I mean, they're not raiding Hunter Biden's house, you know, despite the fact that he's got emails, which is, you know, why don't you give 15% or 10% to the quote unquote big guy? I mean, I wonder who, no, who that is. Eric, I, one thing I will say this, when I saw that there was a warrant that allowed the FBI to raid your father's home, I thought, I'm going to just look up who the judge is that signed off on this thing. And I had just a little 30 second clip, but I, I immediately, and I'm saying this, I'm trying to uh, wake up many of the wonderful listeners you have because we need to wake up other people. Okay. And so right away, as soon as the raid begins, I saw people that I, you know, I thought were on our team all going, well, there, well, there's smoke, there's fire. Well, I'm going, I don't think that you can use that logic system, but I want, I just want to play this little audio clip here. Let me, let me cue this up real quick. Today, we're also finding out that the judge, that signed the warrant for this unprecedented, very dangerous, politically partisan raid was also the lawyer for Jeffrey Epstein and his assault. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, think about it. There he is again, Jeffrey Epstein, Judge Bruce Reinhardt. If you remember, President Trump had an interview he did years ago where he's doing the interview and the reporter keeps asking him about, you know, do you have a problem with these pedophiles? And President Trump did a great job. He's like, hey, I'm, I'm summarizing, I'm not putting words in his mouth, but he said some of the effect of, yes, we need to make sure we, you know, expose this corruption and deal with this situation. And the mainstream media just could not handle the idea that he was calling out this issue. And again, here we are. Jeffrey Epstein's attorney is the judge, Judge Bruce Reinhardt, that signed off on the, the, the warrant to raid the home of a former president. I mean, come on now. How do you yes, even Eric. handle that, Eric? How do you handle that when when it's so obvious? I mean, do you get angry? What what goes on? You, you know what? Honestly, I, I think we're uh, you know not trying to plagiarize Pink Floyd right now, but I think sometimes you know we've been through so many battles, we're kind of comfortably numb. Um, I was one that got the call from our team. And I, uh, you know, saying, hey, uh, the FBI is at the front door. I go, the FBI, what's the FBI doing at the front door? We've always had a great relationship with, with these guys. And, and by the way, the rank and file guys are 100% pro-Trump. Yeah. Those guys, I can't tell you how many friends I have that are in the FBI that are the actual gun carriers. Trust me, they're not, they're not into this stuff. It's the bureaucrats at the top of the FBI. That's a, a very, very different story. Um, but I got a call from my team. And um, so I called up my father and I said, the FBI is for what? I, we've had like the greatest relationship with these guys. I was just with them, you know, at the time he goes, I was just with them three, four weeks ago. You know, I literally went down and uh, guys, anything you, you guys need is, you know, you kind of go through, you know, records and things like that. Absolutely. You know, um, you let me know. I mean, the interesting thing is that the GSA actually packed all the boxes when they left, um, you know, the White House. What, what happens is uh, one president effectively moves out and another one moves in all during like a four hour period of time, four to six hour period of time that's known as inauguration. So it's not like, you know, so it, all, all the president's stuff is being packed up and all the other person's stuff is kind of being put in. But anyway, a great relationship. Guys, they are trying to find anything. They are trying to do anything that they can Jeez. to dismantle Donald Trump. They're petrified of him. Their candidate right now has done a, a terrible job 
you know, so oftentimes they use something like this as just, you know, an opportunity to go in and look around and see what they can find in any way, shape or form under some other guys, under some other, you know, I mean, and then they leak things, you know, they leaked out to the Washington Post, the very same reporters, by the way, that were all part of the Russia hoax, every single one of them, the exact same reporters um, were the ones that they went to. So, you know, you line up the FBI raid and the people who are leaking and you line up the Russia collusion nonsense is the exact same reporters that did Russia collusion and got all the leaks from the FBI and the DOJ that happened to do the FBI raid. But then, you know, they leaked to them, well, it's about nuclear codes. Well, it's really interesting that's about nuclear codes because they got, on Friday, they got the search warrant. They didn't exercise that search warrant until midday Monday. So you mean to tell me the FBI um, has such an important uh, barbecue schedule on the weekend that if nuclear codes were compromised, that uh, they wouldn't have got in immediately after getting the search warrant? Of course not. Guys, this is all a sham. Yeah. America doesn't believe it. There's only yeah. so many times you can cry wolf. They spent three years saying that Donald Trump was in collusion with Vladimir Putin. Yep. Now, a guy who didn't have a single, you know, I mean, it all came out. I mean, they prosecuted so many of these people for for fraud and, and, and many other things, right? And, you know, the whole narrative fell apart. But how many times can you cry wolf? Again, the reason they're doing this is because they're petrified of a guy like Donald Trump. They wouldn't be petrified of Liz Cheney because guess what? She's a rhino and she's part of that, you know, that political class. Yep. Here's a guy who's never a politician, who can't be bought, who can't be sold, who stood up for this country, you know, who wasn't, it was not bribable like the rest of these people were not, you know, subject to special interests, did not play by the rules of Washington, D.C. Right. So dynasty after dynasty, starting with, you know, the Clintons and the Bushes and as of two nights ago, the Cheneys. Right. He up, you know, he upended their little power fiefdom. Hillary Clinton was supposed to get the mantle and she failed miserably, despite the fact that she raised five times the amount of money as my and, and they can't handle it. So guess what? They weaponize the justice system. They weaponize the FBI. They weaponize the DOJ. They weaponize the media. The media becomes a lobbying arm of of the Democratic Party. And they go after an incredible man, a guy who went in there and ran the best country. We had the greatest success, didn't start any wars, brought prosperity back to this country, brought manufacturing back to this country, you know, rebuilt our military, rebuilt our economy, took care of our vets, did right to try, um, you know, not that of the terrorists all over the Middle East. I mean, literally, yeah. you know, Al-Qaeda, they were, they were gone. I mean, look what he did in the Golan Heights. Look what he did in... Jerusalem. Look what he did with religious liberty and freedom. People were saying Merry Christmas to one another, which wasn't happening at the end of Obama because you'd be considered a bigot if you said Merry Christmas to the wrong person in this country. Yeah. He did all these great things and they can't stand that he won. He built the border wall. He stopped the illegal immigration. He stopped drugs flowing into this country. Drugs became the most expensive. Illegal drugs became the most expensive that they ever were. He was solving these structural problems that we have in society. They can't take the fact that a guy like Biden had been in power for 50 years. He, he's been in government 15 years longer than I've been alive, Steve. Jeez. For nothing. He's accomplished absolutely nothing other than sold out America. Absolutely and that's not. why they attack him every single day. And when they can't attack him, when they can't get him, they come after me and they come after Don and Ivanka and Barron and Tiffany, young kids. It's disgusting. Because I... I have a final clip I want to play and get your reaction to that. So go ahead and, uh, Emily, play that one. 
2016, and they said we're never going to let that happen again, and they cheated. And it's a shame that they're allowed to get away. And let's see whether or not they do get away, because I don't think they will get away with it. Well, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, when you rob uh, the store of its diamonds, I always say Tiffany, and you rob Tiffany of its diamonds and you get caught, you're supposed to return them. We caught them cheating. Uh, You're going to let somebody that cheated stay for three more years? I can't imagine it. And they're going to get three more years. They rig an election. They're going to get another three more years. What should happen is uh, what the plan that we're on now, and I think a plan that's going to make people very, very happy, we'll be announcing sometime later. No, it's not something I want to do. I want to look at what's happening, and then we're going to be doing something else. No, it's not something I would be interested in. And the vote counters were, uh, there was great dishonesty. Look, it's been proven. Look at Wisconsin, what's going on. Sure. I think they may decertify their election. Yeah. Better come back, better come back strong will be bigger and better and stronger than ever before. Something's going to happen. The election was rigged. They've undone some of it, not all of it. They'll never be able to do all of it because we'll be acting long before they can do all of it. One of the quotes said, we caught them. Uh, uh, another one, not on this clip, said, we have it all. Can you address what your dad means? Uh, he said it many, many times. We have it all. We caught them. We have it all. Uh, I've been wanting to ask that question for a long time. Uh, talk about that. Steve, I'm not a guy who uh, walks around wearing a tinfoil hat. Uh, here's what I can tell you. Um, I would do five, six campaign events every single day, and I did that for six months without taking a day off. Um, I worked tirelessly. And every single place I went, I would get 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 people. We'd fill churches. We'd fill stadiums. We would fill you know, uh, farmland. I'd be standing on a tractor giving a speech to, to people who literally were just they would walk across broken glass to vote for Donald Trump. I would hold events that were across the street from Joe Biden on purpose. And he couldn't fill up 25 little yellow circles. He couldn't fill them with people. No one in the world will ever tell me or make me believe that we didn't win that election overwhelmingly. No one will ever make me believe that a guy who is the least charismatic human being ever, who can't get through a sentence, who never came out of his basement, uh, happened to mobilize 15 million more votes than Barack Obama did in 2008. You're just not going to ever make me, um, you know, believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw some really horrible things. I went down to the convention center, which was a major, you know, the main polling location in um, in Philadelphia, uh, and I tried to get in. And I'm I was on the you know campaign team. Um, I was credentialed. I was everything. And you had people standing outside the convention center. You will not come in this building. I, go, I don't understand. I'm I'm a credentialed guy. Uh, I'm with the campaign. I have every right to be in there. I have every right to, you know, observe and watch. Uh, what do you mean I'm not allowed in here? I'm I'm on every single list. We're signed up ahead of time. You're not coming in here. And it was a very clear message that was being sent to me, which is, don't even think about it. You're you're in our town. Um, you're not on the right team uh, in our town. We control this spot, and bad things happen. And it happened across the country. And there's no question. No one believes that there was uh, integrity in this election. And that is a deeply troubling thing for the United States of America when a good percentage of the population, including the other side, uh, doesn't believe that there was you know, integrity uh, in the election. And there were a lot of problems, a lot, a lot of problems. I really do believe it was death by a thousand cuts. I mean, we saw ballots that were being dumped in drainage ditches. I mean, that that's you know, really. Cool. 
you know, we saw polling locations, and this is on camera. We saw polling locations where, yeah, everybody has to leave now because there's a there, there's a flood. There's a flood. There's no flood. You know, they they had a urinal overflow. They kicked everybody out after all the Republicans left. Twenty minutes later, everybody came back to the polling location. They were pulling boxes out from under tables. Wow. And running ballots through. You know, it's really interesting that you have states like Florida and Texas uh, that can get their votes in minutes after the polls close. And within an hour, they can get, you know, uh, you know, 40 million, 30 million, 20 million people. All the ballots tabulated. But then all of a sudden you've got these states where if it's even close, oh, well, you know, we need more time to count. We need more time to count in this county. It's, it's really interesting. Why, why did it take Pennsylvania four days to tabulate the votes? Like, isn't that kind of interesting? Yeah. You know, Florida was able to do it on time. Um, you know, California was able to do it on time. Texas was able to do it on time, but you know, Pennsylvania um, wasn't. You know, and then you'd see these massive trends, right? I mean, the whole world is statistics, but you'd see these trends where you know you'd have 1.1 million more Republicans sign up in Pennsylvania than Democrats. My father won Pennsylvania in 2016. You'd have 1.1 more million more Republicans you know, sign up to vote Republican, but then you lose by, you know, 600,000 or seven. Stop. Like, no, no one believes that to be no. the case. You see these ballot boxes and these drop boxes um, and you see the way that so many of them were monkeyed with and you see people voting in multiple different states. You see dead people voting, you know, ballots of, of people who were deceased and not just deceased three days ago. I mean, deceased for a period of time. And their ballots came in. You see other people. We have tons of affidavits saying this. They get to the poll. I'm so sorry. You can't vote. You've already voted. They go, what do you mean I've already voted? I've never, I've never, yes. Well, you've already cast the ballot. So, you know, move right along. I never voted for my guy. I mean, how many more of these stories do we need to hear before somebody says, you know what? Something wasn't quite right in this thing. And, you know, Eric, I wanted to interject. I want to interject one thing. I know you have a heart out here. Um, the big reason why I wanted you to be on this show with Steve and, and the Elijah Lipstream's audience is I've met a lot of conservative Christians who love this country dearly, who decided to not vote or decided to be kind of apolitical. They felt like politics didn't what uh, shouldn't be connected at all to the pulpit. They didn't want to talk about what was going on. And right now, uh, let's just say that uh, 80 million people voted for your. Let's say that let's just believe that. The, the, the lies of the media and they say well 80 million people voted for biden he was more popular than than obama there still is millions tens of millions of americans that, that did not vote and if we can just get the, the truth out there right. and wake up the conservative christians out there that did not vote we're going to win this thing in a landslide and as you're seeing places like what you just saw there um going on in wyoming where you're seeing where the, the votes are so obvious that they can't rig it that's the best strategy we have to win. So homework tonight, folks, share this show with as many people as yes. you possibly can. One, two, make sure that you vote and drag your friends to vote with you. And three, when you come out to these Reawaken America Tour events, and we're going to Washington, uh, yeah, Idaho yeah. in September. Then October, we're going to Pennsylvania. Bring your friends because you're going to see folks like Eric Trump. You're going to see folks like Amanda Grace, uh, Julie Green, Cash Patel, General Flynn. You're going to see the, 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 the prophets, but you're also going to see the patriots. And you're going to see people that believe in our God-given freedoms, and they're willing to die for them. They're willing to fight for this country, and we've got to wake up America. And that's why we call it the Reawaken America Tour. And again, Steve, housekeeping note, you can name your price. So if you're watching today, I don't care how much money you have or don't have. You can pay whatever price you want to pay, and you can get those tickets at time2freeamerica.com. 
time to freeamerica.com. And I just want to say, Eric, thank you so much for showing your support for many of these preachers and prophets by showing up at these events because uh, your father can't be bribed. You can't be bribed. And when you show up and you show your support for Dr. Stella Emanuel and Julie Green and some of these other people, Michael Lindell, it really galvanizes the movement. And I do appreciate you and the Trump family uh, showing up. Thank you. Yeah, and I agree. Thank you so much, Eric, for coming. We, you know, we love you. It's it's an understatement to say we love you and we love your father and we love Laura as well. You know, she's been an amazing voice uh, for the movement. Uh, When she comes on, I always watch. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for coming. I appreciate that more than I can say. Uh, Hopefully, you'll come back another time. God bless you. Thank any any last words. Oh, God bless you guys as well. And, uh, you know, Clay, thanks for being the fighter that you are. You've become a dear friend of mine. And, uh, you know, you're, you're really incredible. Um, we share one thing in common. Uh, neither of us need to be doing this stuff, but we, we love the station. And uh, we will uh, continue to fight for it. Clay is one of the greatest fighters I've ever met. And uh, I will be by his side. And he's, uh, he's a fantastic guy. And um, we are fighting for, you know, the, the lifeblood of this country. And we will continue to do that. And I think we're going to have a tremendous victory in 2022. And, um, you know, awesome. hopefully by the grace of God, Steve, we will get these guys in 2024 because awesome. Um, awesome. I just don't know if this country can, can stand awesome. another round. In 2024, Jesus will continue to be king and Trump will be the president. Get ready for it. Totally, totally, totally. Thank you. Thank you so much, Clay. Thank you so much, Eric. We, we love you both. Have a great day. Remember, tomorrow we have a special guest that I, whose name I can't say, which means you all know who I'm talking about. Uh, 11 o'clock Pacific time. So thank you again, everybody. And we will see you again tomorrow. God bless you, everyone. God bless you. Bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on YouTube, Rumble, and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description to become a partner today.